Are you good this morning? It's good to see our church family in the house who loves hearing the children praising and worshiping from the bottom of their hearts. This Lacanay, whose children is upstairs? They're in good hands. Amen. I pray that, not I pray, I wished. Can we wish as Christians? But I, I wish that I grew up in a church where I was taught how to praise and worship from a young age. But you know what? It doesn't matter if we weren't. It's okay because God is still the God that redeems time. Amen. Amen. Is it going to be distracting for you or can you hear me when I bring the word? Is it okay sit in the achtergrond? We don't really want to silence those voices, do we? Awesome. But I'm excited to bring the word this morning. Why don't you close your eyes and I'm going to pray for us. Because I need Jesus this morning. Amen. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for this incredible day in your house with our church family. And just hearing our kids this morning praising and worshiping you, Lord, brings joy to our hearts. And Father, we pray this morning, Lord, that your word will speak to each one of us a fresh rhyme word this morning. Lord, I pray that every one of us will receive something from your word today, something from your Holy Spirit deposited into our hearts that will change us, that will shape us, and that will mold us for the futures that you have for us. We are so, so grateful, Lord, for your presence. We're so grateful for your Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you will speak this morning and that I will get out of the way so that you can speak to all of us this morning. We're so ready to receive from you, in Jesus' name, and almost say, amen. Awesome. If you are new to our church, who's here for the very first time this morning? Awesome. Welcome, welcome. It's lovely to see you. Let's give them a hand again. Yes, welcome to church. And so we pray that you will really enjoy the service this morning. And uh, if you are new, we've got the Bible app that we also use. So if you don't have a Bible with you, you can follow the notes along. Why do we always encourage you to follow the notes? Because we are a Bible-based church, Bible-based kingdom community. If we do not have the Word of God, we will not move anywhere. Do you believe that? Amen. So I'm excited to bring the Word this morning. And you know, the last couple of weeks, I've been listening to Johannes' sermons where he's been preaching about righteousness, and he's been talking about the fear of the Lord. And so what I love to do is to take the notes from a Sunday and to go over it during the week. Because it's one thing to hear it on Sunday morning, it's another thing to apply it to my life. It's another thing to allow that word that was spoken to come into my heart. I have to actually take it during the week and eat on it and meditate on it and feed on it. And you know, the more I've been studying this, these words that he's been speaking, the more I have this phrase on my heart and... That's how I often know what the Lord wants me to focus on, and that's how I often know what He wants me to preach about, is it's a recurring thought. It's something that's on my heart over and over and over, and I can't get rid of it. And not that I want to, but this phrase that's been on my heart continuously for the last three weeks is bold on wisdom. Bold on wisdom. I hear it when I wake up. I hear it when I go to bed. Bold on wisdom. And so I've been studying the wisdom of God. Who's ever done a study on the wisdom of God? And I want to encourage you, if you've never done it, I actually think we're going to talk about it next week some more because we can speak about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. 
But you know that the wisdom of God is something that as a believer, you and I cannot afford to not seek and walk in the wisdom of God every single day. If we are not going to seek and understand that the wisdom of God is what God wants to release to us to walk in on a daily basis, we will never walk in the fullness that He has for us, and we will make foolish decisions on a daily basis. And I was astounded again. I'm, if it, no one needs this, I need it this morning. I said to the team this morning, I'm so preaching to myself. I've got such a revelation and a burden to seek the Lord for more wisdom. Because if you read through the Bible, the whole book of Proverbs is like the book of wisdom. If we just study a proverb a day, and I think there's like 31 chapters, ne? Proverbs 31, it ends with Proverbs 31. If you do every single month a proverb a day, I think you'll be one of the wisest people on the planet. That's personally my challenge. I do read a proverb every day, but I don't know if I study it hard enough to actually apply it so that I can see that victory in my life. And so I've got this excitement in my heart to study heavenly wisdom. Heavenly wisdom. And you know, we're going to speak about wisdom today. The wisdom of the world is the direct opposite of the wisdom of God. We know and we can say to each other this morning that it's not the same thing. The wisdom of God can only be understood and received from the Word of God through the Holy Spirit. So in other words, people of the world can never receive the wisdom of God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove that to you by Scripture this morning. So who's got a Bible here this morning? Who's got a notebook? Who's got the Bible on the phone or the tablet or the laptop or, you know, whatever you want to come with? Actually, your PC will bring us that work cool, although if you need a Bible, just let us know. But I'm going to take you through many Scriptures this morning. So we're going to eat. This is a buffet breakfast this morning of the Word. So I pray that you've come hungry. Okay, so I want to read, no, first, before I read a scripture, I want to show you a video clip. Who has been watching the news with these, uh, these terrible earthquakes that have hit Turkey and Syria? It's been devastating. I think the death toll, is it 50,000 more? It's literally climbing every day. It is absolutely devastating. But you know, as Johannes and I have been watching some of the news on this, and I hear this thing, build on wisdom, build on wisdom, the Lord brought this thing in my heart to life to compare it to these buildings that are falling down. And let's watch the clip and then I'll maybe share further. The team can just play it for us. This is a building collapsing, this is a building collapsing in Turkey, hours after a series of earthquakes and aftershocks on February 6th. First, the bottom floor crumbled. Then, the rest of the building came down on top of it in what's known as a pancake collapse. Thousands of buildings near the epicenter in southern Turkey and northern Syria tumbled straight down in a similar way. The intensity of the earthquakes alone carried the potential for destruction. But it's the pancake collapses that have made this one of the deadliest disasters in the region. Even a very well-designed uh, and well-executed building would have suffered. This doesn't rule out that the building was free of defects. How well buildings protected residents played a significant role in lives saved and lost. Clearly, a lot of these buildings were not up to standard. The death toll continues to climb 
as many victims are still stuck under the weight of the buildings. So what is it about these buildings that has made this earthquake even more devastating? But you know what caught my attention of this is that many of the experts and people that are looking at this disaster relief from the after perspective are saying that for years and years and years in these countries, many of these buildings have not been built with under the building codes of conduct and the engineering standards that it was supposed to be built. In other words, many of those foundations were not built with the right material and it wasn't the walls next to, next to some of those buildings for the third, second, and 50th floors. It did not have the right structures in place. It did not have enough, enough structures in place. In other words, you know what was the problem there was the foundations. The foundations. And many of the experts, engineers, were saying that if those foundations had the right material and were built under the right codes of building conduct, if the government did not go into corruption to make sure that developers use the right conduct, many of these deaths could have been prevented. Over 50,000 people dying, deaths that could have been prevented, even for an earthquake of that size. And so what reminded me of, this reminded me of the scripture in Matthew 7. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 7. And Jesus spoke, and Jesus said the following. I want you to listen to this scripture. Jesus, in Matthew 5 and 6, was preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he was teaching people. There was a multitude of crowds. It was the biggest gathering. The first time Jesus preached this big public sermon. And he's teaching them the values and the guidelines of the kingdom. He's teaching them the wisdom of God on which they should build their lives. That was completely contradictory to the wisdom of the day. And so Jesus said this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, he's referring to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and 6, and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. Verse 26, But whoever hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It feels to me like it's the same as in that video. It fell because of foolishness. The house fell down. And you know, Jesus is not referring to our actual physical homes. He's referring to our lives as believers. Our house can also represent our family. Our house can also represent our lives, our businesses, our callings, that which He has entrusted us with. And He says, I need you to look at my words and we've given you the wisdom, we as in Him, the Father, the Holy Spirit. All we need to do is to actually apply it to our lives. And so it's really that simple, but it is one of the things that I believe sometimes we struggle with the most. And it affects our everyday life. And you know, what is the definition of wisdom? When you actually Google, I love a good definition, when I Google the normal dictionary, it says this, knowledge 
Oh, it defines wisdom as knowledge that is gained by having many experiences in life. And you know what? I completely disagree with that when you study the Bible. I can gain all the experience in life, but still die at 90 years old foolish. Because experience and age, we know, does not guarantee spiritual maturity. Amen? It does not invalidate life experience. We, obviously, we're not saying there's no wisdom and there's no life experience. But when we are talking about the wisdom of God, we are talking about the wisdom of God from Scripture that can only be revealed to us by the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. It is not the wisdom of the world. And so knowledge and wisdom is also very different. Would you agree? What is knowledge? Knowledge is something that I know. Okay, I have all the knowledge in the world, but wisdom is the application of that knowledge. Wisdom is the discernment to know when do I use that knowledge, when do I put it into practice, and how do I do it. If I've got, this is the only example I can think because Johannes makes me watch spy movies and army flicks and sikkegoeters, so I'm thinking guns, I'm thinking war, I'm thinking battle. So when you have a gun... What is knowledge? Knowledge is, I know how to load this and I know how to use it. I mean, what is wisdom? Wisdom is, I know when to put it back and when to use it. Okay, so that is the difference. So, I believe we live in a day and age where the internet is at our fingertips. I believe us as a generation, we have more knowledge than any other generation before us. But it does not mean we are wiser. Because it depends on how much of that knowledge we're actually applying. I mean, listen to this scripture, Proverbs 9. We're going to camp in Proverbs this morning. So if you've never read Proverbs, this is going to be like your first deep dive into it this morning. Proverbs 9, verse 10 to 12. Johannes also shared this scripture, and that really stuck with me big time. Proverbs 9, verse 10 to 12. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is the fear of the Lord? It is the reverential awe and respect for the king of the universe. You know, God is not our chumi. He's the God, the creator of the universe. He created you and I. And he says when, when we learn how to fear him, that's the beginning place of wisdom. That's where wisdom starts. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, listen to this, this is a promise. This is a promise when we gain wisdom, what is the blessing that we receive? For through wisdom, your days will be many. Who wants more days on earth? Sometimes I wonder, don't I just want to go to heaven? But no, I want to live out my full calling, not a day less. For through wisdom, your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. Is this profound? Or was it just me that was like, wow, Lord, that's incredible? Or was it no? It will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. In other words, you will face the consequences of foolish decisions if we don't learn how to apply wisdom to our everyday life decisions. And I want to read this in the Passion Translation for you. It's not on the screen, but it's in your version. Verse 11 and 12, it says, Wisdom will extend your life. 
making every year more fruitful than the one before. So it is to your advantage. Everyone say, my advantage. It is to my advantage to be wise. But to ignore the counsel of wisdom is to invite trouble into your life. To ignore the counsel of wisdom is to invite trouble into my life. And you know what? I look at my life and I think I've made many silly decisions. I think all of us have been there. I've made many foolish decisions because I did not actually apply the Word of God in that area. And you know what? The Bible says we will reap the consequences. Does it mean that we can still repent and bring it before the Lord and ask Him to guide us? Absolutely. But we must also understand that there are consequences for all of our actions. But the Lord said, you don't have to live a life where you stay stuck with foolish decisions. The wisdom is actually here for all to see and for all to receive. Our lives are the result of all the choices we make, and we have the knowledge available. And the Bible even says in Proverbs 4, 7, get wisdom above all else. So what I'm convicted about this morning and this weekend as I was studying is that wisdom must be my number one pursuit. It must be the first thing that I seek. It must be the thing that I pray for. It must be the thing that I desire because then I will live my life with so much more peace, with so much more joy, with less trouble. I don't want to invite trouble into my life. Who wants extra trouble? Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Listen to this. Proverbs 24. I told you, we're going to go into the Word. This is where we're going to get wisdom. This is going to help you. This is very, very good. Proverbs 24, verse 3. I've got the Amplified on the screen. Through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, a life, a home, a family is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. See, there it is again, that foundation. The wisdom of God will build our foundation. Why? Because when we have a solid foundation, the storms and the trouble and the issues of life that Jesus said we will encounter on this earth will not have the power to shake us, will not have the power to destroy us. But if our life is not built on the wisdom of God, but it is built on the wisdom of this world, we will look like those pancake-collapsing buildings, and we will see that destruction in our life. And what is the Lord's heart? Is it His heart for us to live without foundations? Is it His heart for us to be destroyed through storms? No. But He said, I've given you the wisdom for you to apply. Okay? Verse 4, And by knowledge its rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Okay, so we know that the Bible speaks about worldly wisdom, and it speaks about godly wisdom. So I want to just take a moment to explain what is the wisdom of the world and what is the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians, we're going to the New Testament. Fast forward. The Apostle Paul says the following. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 20. All right, and he's speaking to many of the people that are listening to his teaching. And this is now after Jesus was resurrected, after Jesus has ascended back to heaven. He's with the Father, okay? And the Apostle Paul is preaching this to the Corinthian church, and he says this. So where does this leave the philosophers? 
Those who love to philosophize. Just made it up. It is now. Where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. The wisdom of this world is foolish in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 21, since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. And you know, what is the Bible saying? The Bible is not saying it's wrong to get information. It's not wrong to get degrees. It's not wrong to, you know, be a scholar of different things. What he is saying is that that is not the wisdom that will save you. That is not the wisdom that will help you to understand the things of the Spirit, to understand the things of the kingdom. Because to understand the things of the kingdom, the Bible says we must become like little children again. We must humble ourselves again. Because when we start thinking too much with head knowledge, we actually close ourselves up for the things of the Spirit. Does that make sense this morning? So is it wrong to get a degree? Absolutely not. Get all you need, but don't close yourself off to the Spirit. He uses foolish preaching. I love that it says that. Verse 24, But to those called by God to salvation, both the Jews and the Gentiles, and this is the kicker. If you're taking notes, this is something to write down. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. You know, that's what I thought. Jesus is the wisdom of God. And so when Jesus said, I want you to build your life on my words, he wants to be our foundation. If I'm not building my life on Jesus as the foundation, I will go into pancake collapse. Things in my life will be destroyed. And then we can't blame him because he already said, I've given you the wisdom to apply. Listen to my words. Don't let my words depart from you. What does it say in Proverbs? Listen to my words. Do what the word says. It's not there because he wants to be some strange king. He says, that is the wisdom of God. I want your life to flourish. I want your life to live out its purpose on earth. I'm going ahead of myself. But Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Verse 25. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. I know, right? Every scripture I read, I had to stop. I thought, Lord, how am I going to get through 45 minutes of preaching this? Because you need to stop after every sentence and think it through. Jesus is the wisdom of God. This foolish plan is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And it humbled me, and I realized that you know, I have a theology degree. It means nothing. I study every single week to prepare a message. It means nothing. I cannot get close to the wisdom of God unless Holy Spirit reveals this to me. Unless Holy Spirit reveals to you and I His Word and He breaks it open for us. We serve such a good God. 
And so worldly wisdom, what is worldly wisdom? Secular worldly wisdom is almost always focused on self, if you think about it. It's all about me, myself, and I. What is good for my flesh? What is good for my world? What is good for my future? Me, 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 me. And the kingdom is all about not me, not me, not me, not me. It's self-centered in the world. It's all about us gratifying our fleshly desires rather than submitting to and fearing to the only God who is alive in the universe. The world is full of sayings, quotes, lovely little Facebook shareable quotes. You know how many times I see people quote and tweet things. Just lekker om a quote aan te steer. Ek love a goeie quote. But I can tell you now if it's not biblical. It's just a little saying. Okay, it's not, if it's not biblical, it won't change my life. No matter how cute it sounds. Heavenly wisdom is a wisdom that God himself gives through the Holy Spirit. James 3, continue on. 1 Corinthians, we're moving on towards Revelation until you see James. It's a small book. And James says this, James 3, verse 13 to 17. It's also up on the screen. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So he says, if you reckon yourself truly wise with the wisdom of God, let me see it in your life. Wisdom is evident in your life if you're following godly wisdom. But he says, verse 14, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. For such wisdom does not come down from heaven. It is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Kijk, so they don't cut no corners. I said it's almost as it is. This demonies. If I try and build my life on the wisdom of the world that is filled with selfish ambition, in other words, it's not wrong to have good godly ambition. But if I'm seeking to build everything just for me with nothing to do with the kingdom, then that is not the wisdom of God. Because why does it say that? He answers us in that same scripture, verse 16. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But verse 17, this is a good one to highlight, underline, rewrite. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, then considerate, then submissive, then full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So the wisdom of God has got those characteristics that line up with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, patience, gentleness, self-control. It's impartial. It doesn't take sides. It's considerate. It, considerate, uh, considerate. It's con it considers other people, not only myself. It is others-focused. Okay, and I've got a slide that I want the team to put up. I've done a little comparison. Worldly wisdom versus godly wisdom. Okay, and so I've got two of them, and it says this. Worldly wisdom will appeal to the senses and the emotions. Godly wisdom is from God, and it reflects Him. It doesn't reflect us. Worldly wisdom says, always follow your heart. Ja, man, volg your heart. Volg met wat jou gelukkig maak. 
No, no, no. Godly wisdom says the heart is deceitful above all things. Follow the Spirit. Worldly wisdom says seeing is believing. Okay, well, good luck because Jesus said, blessed are those who walk by faith. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Worldly wisdom says eye for an eye. If someone does something to hurt me, I will get you back. Okay, karma. So many Christians love a good karma quote on Facebook. It takes all the self-control not to comment in Leah Ayer for my. Please, people, read the Bible. Worldly wisdom says, I for an eye. Godly wisdom says, love your enemies and bless them and forgive them. Because when you do, in Isaiah it says, it will reap ashes on their head and melt their hearts. Worldly wisdom self-promotes. Here, look at me. Selfie. I'm not saying a selfie is wrong. I'm just making a point of self-promotion. Godly wisdom says, elevate others above yourself. Worldly wisdom seeks the highest place. Godly wisdom seeks the lowest place. Worldly wisdom trusts in earthly possessions and money. Godly wisdom trusts in heavenly treasures and that God is my provider. Worldly wisdom says that trials will crush you. Godly wisdom says trials will mature you. Worldly wisdom avoids the mirror of the word. Godly wisdom submits to the mirror of the word and get transformed. It's powerful, isn't it? And I was so convicted and I was thinking about my life and I was thinking, Lord, here we are building a church. Here we are building our personal lives outside of the church. Are we building on wisdom? We cry out for wisdom, but Lord, should I cry out more for wisdom? Do I need more wisdom? What areas in my life do I see destruction in? Do I see chaos in? Do I see complete lack and disorder? What is not in alignment? Because maybe I made some foolish decisions and now I'm seeing the consequences. But the Lord said it's not too late. Just come and bring it to me and ask for wisdom and seek for wisdom and study my word for wisdom and be among the wise and you will become wise. It's never too late. It's only too late when Jesus returns. So who agrees we've still got time? Is that good news for us this morning? So what do I feel on my heart this morning? Where do we want to move to this morning? We want to make a shift in our hearts and in our heads that, Lord, we need your wisdom. I need to take stock of my life and I need to look at every area and see, Lord, where am I not applying your wisdom in my life? Please give me eyes to see. Please give me ears to hear and give me the knowledge and the ability to apply that because I want to see your fruit of wisdom in my life. I want to see the fruit of your wisdom in my family. I want to see the fruit of your wisdom in my finance. I want to see the fruit of your wisdom in my marriage, in every single relationship that I have. I want to see the fruit of your wisdom in my business. Do you know that God wants to bless businesses to build his kingdom? Amen. God wants to expand his kingdom in every single area of society. He wants his kingdom to operate in government. He wants his kingdom to operate in the education sector. He wants his kingdom to operate in every sphere of society, but we are the channels to do so. 
And so that's why we need wisdom. The book of Proverbs, I want to encourage you. This is my personal challenge I've set for myself again. I'm going to read a chapter of Proverbs a day. I'm holding myself accountable in front of the whole church. Voel vry om vir my te kom vraag volgende sondag, het ek 7 gelees. Okay, maybe that was not a, a, a wise thing to do. But I need to hold myself accountable. I want to be wise. You know who was the wisest man on the earth ever? Solomon. Do you know how old he was when he said to the Lord, when the Lord said to him, he came into him, I think 1 Kings 4, somewhere there. He said to him, what do you want, young king? Do you know how old he was? Most scholars say around 20 years old. Who looks at a 20-year-old and think, that's the wisest person I've ever met? The wisest person to ever live, he said to the Lord, Lord, give me wisdom and a discerning heart to rule your people. Johannes knows that's our prayer. Lord, give us wisdom. I'm only 40. Okay. I haven't got all the life's experience, but Lord, you can give me a wisdom to do what you've called me to do. God wants to give you a wisdom where you don't have the experience of life, but you've got the wisdom from heaven to do what he's called you to do. And so the Lord said to Solomon, because you've asked for wisdom and not for riches or material possessions or favor or honor or glory, I will give you all of that also. And he ended up not making such wise decisions eventually in his life. Maybe we'll go into that next week. But he was 20 years old. Do you know the Bible said that his wisdom was more than all the wisest people on all the earth, with all the education, with all the degrees, with all the knowledge. It was more than all of them of that time. And I think still to this day. And so it says something profound to me about what the Lord will do when that is our heart, when we cry out for wisdom. And in the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, if you want to go and grow wise, great books to read. The Hebrew word for Proverbs, did you know this, is more than just a wise saying. Do you know what the word Proverbs actually means? It means to rule and reign in life. Yeah, that means it's instinct, no? It means to rule and reign in life. You know, the Bible says wisdom is better than gold. Wisdom is better than all the money in the world. That's why I'm like, oh, ek is so rustig. I have no desire to be the richest person in the world. I would rather have wisdom because money will take me nowhere. In fact, money might make me more foolish than wise. I don't care about money. I just want food. I want our church to grow. I just want to be happily married, and I want to follow Jesus with everything. Money, mark for my nerves. Wisdom. We need the wisdom of God. I want to read you this scripture, Proverbs 1, verse 1 to 5. This is explaining to us, here the Bible comes, and you know, most of the Proverbs were written by Solomon, the wisest man. And he says this, he explains in the beginning, why do you need these Proverbs, these wise sayings? I want to read from the Passion this morning because it explains it in a language that I think we can understand and grasp this morning. It says this, Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. 
These words, when you and I receive it, we take it, we apply it, is there to empower us. That is such good news. Written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. Verse 2. Within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. Who loves to receive impartation when someone can pray for you and receive impartation? The Bible says it's right here. Within the book of Proverbs is the impartation of spiritual understanding. Amen? Volg jullie mij nog? Of is jullie een beetje distracted? Within these sayings will be found revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. Use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. Verse 3, those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom. Something interesting, that word wisdom translated in the Hebrew means righteousness. Johannes spoke about righteousness. To receive wisdom or to demonstrate wisdom, righteousness, in every relationship and to choose what is right and just and fair. Verse 4, these proverbs will give you great skill to teach the immature and to make them wise. To give youth the understanding of their design and destiny. Do you know I want to encourage you, church, to really pray wisdom over your children? We pray wisdom over our team. We pray wisdom over our church. We pray wisdom over our kids' church. But when you pray wisdom over your children, it will save them from making the mistakes that we made when we were their age. It will save us from so much heartache. It will save us going around the same mountains for 40 years, fighting the same battles that we are still trying to fight. When we just pray wisdom, pray spiritual understanding over them, that they will be raised up with that same wisdom that Solomon had to make right decisions, to rise up and be the leaders that God has called them to be. We have an opportunity to change and dip the scales. I mean, we don't have to make the mistakes that our forefathers made. Like, not at all. Yeah, come on, we've got the Word of God. I don't know what happened in the previous generation that they forget about the Word of God, but I'm going back to the roots. I'm going old school, back to the Word of God. And you know what, church? If there's something that I said to Johannes, it's coming in from the inside, he's laughing at me, but I feel so passionate about this. What is the Bible in mensese levens? We've taken the Bible out of schools, we've taken the Bible out of society, and we are seeing the chaos and the destruction it is causing in people's lives. This pancake collapses all over the show. And God has given us the answer. So I'm preaching to the converted this morning. Thank you for just receiving my passion. But I'm like Jesus. Even last week when we were in our liberating course, I said, if you're doing liberating, you know. I preach about this every single week. I say to our group leaders, I say to our home cells, if we think we're coming to a biblical course and we're not opening our Bible, we're not studying the Bible. We're not reading it. We're not getting in there. We're not going anywhere. Amen? This is our word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the wisdom. So I'm so passionate about this. And you know what? I believe that this is one of the tools, as Jacques was preaching about, um, talking about distraction. I think this is one of the ways that the enemy wants to get believers totally off course. is by getting us away from this book. And I've got a, I've got a, yes, I don't know if I can call it an irritation in my spirit, more like a conviction, a personal conviction, 
that snacking a scripture a day on Facebook will actually cause us to pancake collapse. It's not enough, church. We're going into the end of days that the Bible prophesies things will only get worse. If we think those earthquakes are hectic, wait for what is coming. But the Bible said, if we continue to build our foundation on Jesus, none of these things that come will shake us. None of these things will have an impact on us. Because we've got the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, as our foundation. So I want to encourage you more than ever. The more I study this, the more I'm convicted. Jesus, I will die preaching on this platform. But please help us to actually not lose your word. Because if we lose the word, we lose power. We lose our foundation. We lose everything that Jesus died to give for us. So I got super passionate. Let me get back to the word. Pray for me. Be better. Okay. Verse 5. Where were we? Verse 5. Proverbs 1. For the wise, these proverbs will make you even wiser. And for those with discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership. Who needs some strategies for leadership? In your home, in your relationships, in your business, in our schools. Man, Get back to wisdom. Seek wisdom above all else. We're almost done, but I've got five more points. Can I go for it? Is jylle nog okay? Five points. How do we grow and build our lives on God's wisdom? Number one, in humility, we need to turn back to the Lord. And by that, I mean, we need to pray for the fear of God to come over us afresh again. Because we will not actually position ourselves to learn the wisdom of God when we do not first have the right view of who God is. We need the fear of the Lord back in our churches, back in our hearts, back in our society, where God is not our chummy, God is not a genie in a bottle that has to fix all my problems. No, He's the King of the universe. Without Him, we are nothing. And I actually feel like even this morning in worship, but I feel a leaky errands. I felt my knees shaking, and I thought if, if I had to see God face to face, I think I would be so scared. Not that God wants us to be scared in a bad way, but He is God. He's still God. He's not some genie in a bottle. He's the creator of the universe, and so we need to know who He is and see Him in that right way. Because fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Number two, we need to study the Word. I told you every single week, this point will come in there somewhere. We need to study the Word. What does that mean? You need to leave your life behind and be a book verum all day long? No, but you need to make priority for it. We all can make time for the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will lead you what that looks like for you. What is just important is that we find time to get in here. We need to study the Word because wisdom applies knowledge, but where do we get the knowledge from? We first need the knowledge. And so that's why I love when people come for courses and when people even come to the new members class because we give you the knowledge from the word. But we can't give you wisdom. We can pray for wisdom. But it's up to each one of us to apply that knowledge that we are learning. We cannot just snack on the word of God. The time for snacking, and I love a good snack. When I prepare the word, gister. 
Johannes was working, and on Friday already, I noticed yesterday in the cupboards when I opened it looking for a snack, he has provided. So I had enough snacks to prepare. That's why I feel so passionate this morning. Number three, we need to obey the Word of God. You know, wisdom without, or knowledge without application means nothing. One of our, this is our vision to establish a loving Baba by skin community, but what is our mission? I believe it's actually everybody's mission. It's not just our mission. Our mission is to be doers of the Word of God. Knowledge will help me nothing if I'm not doing something with it. James 1 verse 25 says, we can't just be listeners only, we must be doers of the Word. Because when we do, the Bible says that the Lord will bless us and He will give us honor for it. Who wants to be blessed and who wants to receive favor and honor? It's actually favor. He will favor us. Who does not want the favor of God? When you are a child of the Most High God and you walk out of these doors today, you walk with favor on your head. And the more we do what the Word says, the more favor we will have. God will bless us and He will favor us for it when we apply what the Word is saying. What can we do apply to our marriage? What can we apply to our marriage from the Word of God if our marriage is in trouble this morning? What can I apply to my finance if this morning I'm sitting here and my finance is actually a big of a shamble? This need to Well, what can I apply? Every single week we try and teach one principle of the Word of God to apply to our finance. We don't do it so that people give money. We do it because God says when we apply, we will be blessed and we will be highly favored. So how can I apply that to my finance? How can I apply the Word of God to a relationship that's maybe in trouble? This is where things come in like forgiveness that we're doing in liberating. That's all we're doing in liberating. We're teaching people how to apply the Word of God. And sometimes it feels hard because of the pain and things that we've endured, but I'd rather break through the pain to get to a place of health than stay in the pain and become a pancake collapse. That's not become my new phrase, the pancake collapse. I actually had a testimony last week. Someone in our church shared with me. She said, you know what? I've been really struggling with this concept of tithing. And she said she was out somewhere, you know, I can't remember where she was. And there was a friend of her. She's not in our church, but she's very, very firm and, you know, passionate about tithing and about applying you know, wisdom to her finance. And she was having a conversation with this girl, and she said, you know what, are you tithing? <laughs> and this friend of mine was so convicted, that night, in the middle of the night, two o'clock, she woke up, and she thought, I must pay my tithe. And you know what, it wasn't going to help her budget necessarily when she looked at it in the natural. And she said, you know what, I was so convicted that I literally, it was something that God spoke to her in that moment. She tied at like 2 o'clock in the morning, and the week thereafter, she had an appointment uh, with the bill was going to be, she knew up front, the quotation was going to be like double what she tithed, way more than what she had tithed. And she was like, now that she tithed, she wasn't sure that she could actually afford to do this appointment that she had made. And she was like, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. You said, when I put you first... I seek the kingdom first. I can test you in this and see that you will provide. She went 
And afterwards, she was just like praying, and she was thinking, okay, if I pay this, then three other bills will not get paid. But she thought, I'm just going to see and taste the Lord, because that's what His Word said. And literally, when the appointment was over, two people showed up, friends of hers also at this place, and they said, you know what, we just felt this morning that we want to cover this bill for you. And someone else paid it for her. And she said to me, I just want to send you this voice note to testify to you that the word is true. And so that really blessed my heart when I heard that. Number three was obey the word. Number four, find wise company. Proverbs 3 verse 20, and this is my second last point. Proverbs 3 verse 20, 13, sorry. 13, 20. This to me, I think, before I read the scripture, was a game changer in me standing here this morning. He who walks with the wise will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. Fools obviously refer to people who do not walk in the wisdom of God, who reject God as creator of the universe and reject his wisdom and reject his word and willfully, rebelliously do not seek his counsel. And as believers, all of us have got people in our lives that are not serving the Lord. And obviously our heart is what to pray for them. We want to see them encounter Jesus. But what I have learned to not do is to seek counsel on big life decisions from people without the Holy Spirit. And I want to say this, you know, as a spiritual mom to us this morning. Do not seek counsel from people who do not follow Jesus. I'm talking about counsel that will impact your life. When we had the word of God that, you know, God is sending us to Namibia, nothing in the natural made sense. All the wisdom that people gave me personally was questioning the whole decision. It was questioning uh, provision. It was questioning the country, the place. It was questioning I'm moving and leaving my family behind, my family of origin. It was questioning, 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 questioning. And, you know, later I decided, I said, Johannes, I'm not talking to anyone else about this unless they are filled with the Spirit of God, baptized by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to hear from them. Because I'm not going to walk in my calling by listening to fools. Nee? The Bible says also in uh, Psalm 1 verse 1, Blessed in the man, is the man who do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I believe there are many people in the world that got, have got great skill, but if they're, not, if they're not filled with the Spirit of God, I cannot listen to them. I cannot listen to them. I cannot make life decisions that will impact my future, my family, my calling by listening to someone who's not following the voice of the Lord. And so I even want to be as bold as to say, even counsel, counseling. Owens, as jy nou berader toe gaan, wat nie gevul is met die heilige geest nie, they are not able to give you the counsel of the Lord. And I say this respectfully, but I'm here to preach the truth. God's going to hold me accountable. It's not my idea. That's what the word of God says. Okay, he's... Word is the counsel. And, you know, there are so many. I love a good bookstore. Who loves reading? Who loves a good book? Ne? <laughs> I love reading. But you know what? The more I study the Bible, the less I want to read self-help books that does not come from Scripture. I'm not saying every single book is bad here in my heart. But I'm saying, I will need some self-help here from a random bit of sanity. 
I want to self-help myself from the Word of God. And there are incredible books and teachers and people that are filled with the Holy Spirit that God leads to write books to help us, to help us learn from Scripture and expand on Scripture. God's given teachers to the body of Christ. But I want to encourage you, if there are friends, we can have friends in the world. That's amazing. We need to be the salt and the light in the world, but we don't have to follow their counsel. We can still follow the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Number five, and this is my last point to end off. The Bible says when you need wisdom, pray. James 5, no, sorry, James 1, verse 5, last scripture. James 1, he says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but this is important. This is a key that we need. When you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. So we need faith. When we ask God, the Bible says, I will give it to you, but I want you to have faith. I want you to believe that I'm going to give it to you. I want you to believe that my word is true. Uh, on Tuesday night at Liberating, we spoke about faith is the currency of heaven. If I want to receive something from heaven, I need to take out my wallet of faith. I need to, I don't want to use the word pay, but you hear what I'm saying. I'm exchanging my faith to receive from heaven. Who in this place needs the wisdom of God for your life? Come on, we're going to pray. Why don't you stand this morning? I want you to close your eyes this morning. And I know that God has got an appointment with many of us this morning. My hand is raised today. And you know, before we pray for wisdom, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning point of wisdom. And I want to, as our eyes are closed in this moment, I want to give someone an opportunity. If you're here this morning, and you've actually never made a decision out of that fear of the Lord, that awe and respect, to give your life to Him. To actually say, Jesus, you know what? I believe that you died for me, and I've realized I cannot do my life without you. I realize that I will never receive eternal life without you, Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 9 that we need to believe in our hearts and we need to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Then we will be saved. That means we will be made a completely new person. We will move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We will inherit eternal life. And when we die on this earth, we will not die. We will live forever with Jesus. That doesn't happen automatically. It only happens when we make a choice and a decision to follow Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity, if that is you, you've never ever prayed that prayer or you've never made that decision to follow Jesus. I want you to just quickly raise your hand. No one is looking. I just want to pray for you. I want you to raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm going to lead us in a corporate prayer, and I want everyone to pray this with our brothers and sisters who have raised their hand this morning. Say, Jesus, I thank you this morning that the Bible says you are the King of kings.
that you are my Savior. And today, I believe it. I'm laying my old life down. And I want to ask you to resurrect me into a new life. Thank you that you died for me. That your blood was the forgiveness for my sins. I believe, Jesus, that you died and that you rose again. And I want to ask you now, baptize me with your Holy Spirit and with fire so that I can walk in your ways and fulfill the purpose that you have on my life. Thank you, Jesus. Heaven is rejoicing this morning. That is the wisest decision we can ever make. To say, Jesus, I'm following you. And you know, Jesus will always lead you to life. So I thank the Lord today that there is a few more children in the house this morning. Come on, let's give them a hand. But we're not done. Close your eyes. I'm trusting the Lord for a baptism of His Spirit of wisdom over us this morning. If you need wisdom this morning for any area in your life, just raise your hands to heaven. Lord, we thank you this morning. Jesus, that you are the wisdom of God. And Lord, we thank you that your word says, Lord, that we need to seek wisdom above all else. Father, that we don't want to live our lives making decisions, Lord, that is not based on your foundation of wisdom. That's not based on your kingdom principles. But Lord, we know in our own strength, there's no way in heaven we can do this. We need you. We need your spirit. We need your word and we need your truth this morning. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And the reason why I'm asking you to repeat this after me is because there is so much power in us declaring it out loud. The Bible said that our words have got power. Our words have got life. So we're going to pray this together. Lord Jesus... I am sorry this morning if I have followed worldly wisdom. This morning, I am desperate for your wisdom in every area of my life. I ask you this morning, fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of God. Fill us with the knowledge of your will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding that we might grow in the knowledge of you and be strengthened by your power. Help us, Lord, to discern your instructions day and night. Let your word 
be a lamp unto our feet. Help me to hear the still small voice that says this is the way. Walk in it. Help us to walk with the wise so we can become wise. Open our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, that we can just pray a blessing over your church this morning. Thank you, Father, that we receive your spirit this morning afresh, Lord, with wisdom, with counsel and might. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would raise us up as a church that would be unshakable in the truth of God, that would be unshakable in our knowledge of you, in our knowledge of the word, and more importantly, in our application of your word. I pray, Father, that every single person in our church, Lord, whether they hear this morning or listening via YouTube or a podcast, I pray that you would build, help us to build our foundations strongly, Lord, that we will be unshakable. Lord, we pray for your wisdom to go before us, behind us, and around us. Lord, I pray that as we go into this week, Lord, we will seek you, we will hear you, we will obey you, and we will see situations change in the name of Jesus because of the power and the truth of your word. So I thank you for your church. I thank you for your word. I want to pray a blessing and a protection over everyone this morning. Thank you for your angelic army that you are sending on behalf of all of us, that angels hearken to the voice of the Word of God, and that as we speak your Word and declare your Word this week, they will move on our behalf, and heaven will be over us in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much this morning. There is no one like you, Jesus. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen.